What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's the Monday morning show. Ryan Hensley, Grant Cohn. Warriors are done. I don't think we have any time to talk basketball, but if we do, we could get to it because me and Ryan still arguing about it. I got a bone to pick with Ryan. But no, we have a lot of uh, Niner stuff. And as always, Trey Lance is in the title to the chagrin of many Niner fans who feel like he overshadows everything. So we're going to save the Trey Lance topics for the end of the show. If you're Trey Lanced out, we're going to start with everything but Trey Lance, and we'll give you a five-minute warning, and you can leave <laughs> and do something else, or just, we'll, yeah. we'll say earmuffs, and you can yell and scream in your room and go like, la, la, la. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good, man. I'm doing really good. Had a good weekend, uh, relaxing. Got the pool open for business. You have a nice pool. My goodness. It's huge. But you have four kids. Yeah, it's hot as hell out here where I live. You have to. Oh, okay. You really Central have Valley. To. Central Valley, for sure. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. out, outside of SAC in a suburb. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I don't want people to know because it's like witness protection. I get, yeah, trying to, yeah. Stalkers. trying to be incognito out there with your four yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It looked like a nice time. Yeah, I was hanging yeah. out in my backyard. It was good. Yeah, it's best money I spent because I didn't want to invest like into like an in-ground pool. So I bought that pool. It's like a fifteen thousand gallon above-ground pool, and uh, we'll wait for the in-ground pool t- for the next house. It's a lot of gallons. The next house, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk big picture about the Niners before we get into positional battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what's a successful season for the 49ers? They're coming off back-to-back NFC Championship losses. If they make it to the NFC Championship game a third year in a row and lose, is that you know good? Uh, if they make it to the playoffs and don't make it as far, is that acceptable? Like, what What is the bar for this team now? I think it depends on your definition of success, right? Like... Uh, you know, they go to the NFC Championship game, lose. I don't look at that as successful. If they get to the Super Bowl, yeah, that's great. That's good and everything. But that's, for me, it's I'm Super Bowl or bust. You know, I grew up, I'm old, I'm an old head. And, you know, the, I saw three Super Bowls myself. There are five in my lifetime. Uh, so that's the standard for me. So that's the ultimate sign of success for the 49ers. You know, I'm tired of coming up short. I don't think that's an ultimately successful season it's a good season but unless you win the thing that's the goal that's the thing is that people like kind of a lot of fans nowadays they hold the 49ers to a lower standard than the 49ers themselves do because if you ask Kyle Shanahan or any of the players on the 49ers what their goal is going into each season is is to win six Lombardi yeah and I feel like where they're at what they've achieved how long they've been together I don't care what circumstances happen what injuries they happen it is a Super Bowl or bust team And the only thing that's successful is Super Bowl win. Now, I'm not saying if they don't win the Super Bowl, blow it up. That's not what it means. Right. But it means if they fall short, they have to internally approach it as a failure and try to find a lesson that they can learn so they can change. And that's what I don't that's what bugs me about this team, this franchise, is they've been on the cusp for like four years, and I feel like they've learned nothing from their failures. In fact, I don't even think they consider them failures. I think they feel they've been unlucky, and they just need to stay in the mix, and that luck will shine on them eventually, which is just, I mean, some people would call that insane, right? Yeah. You know, try, just do it, making the same mistake over and over. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, a successful season is, winning the Super Bowl or losing and, and learning from it. That's the benefit of losing is you get to learn, and learning is fun yeah. if you do it. But, yeah, you know. What, what fundamental changes have they made in, the, in seven years? I mean, what, like, what real fundamental changes have they made? They, they finally 
understood uh, the importance of DBs who intercept passes. That was recent. Yes. All of a sudden, they're bringing in guys with ball skills. That's a good one. I like that. But that's okay. defense. Yeah. What about offense? What about your offensive line? What about your quarterback? It's a passing league. Oh, but you don't want to pass like that. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think you're right that I think Kyle Shanahan, particularly, he was running, steering the ship here. He thinks he's been uh, unlucky with either inadequate quarterbacks or that he picked who've been injured that he picked no cause of his own. And then if he just his offensive line, yeah, if he just had that quarterback and he was healthy, that they're guaranteed or they're, they're destined to win a Super Bowl. But I think there's a little bit more than that. Obviously quarterbacks, the most important position, they still haven't figured that out yet. So that's the biggest problem, but yeah, I mean, outside of a Super Bowl victory, it's not a success for me. That's my standard. And I'm pretty sure that's their standard too. For being real, it, like, I, 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 you could sell me on either the last two seasons being a success if the Niners learned something valuable, changed something key, and improved from it. I, you could sell me on that. Like, you could say that the year the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl was a somewhat successful season for them because they learned that the most important and position the on their team is their yeah. offensive line, mm-hmm. and they can let Tyreek Hill go. But as yeah. long as they have five good offensive linemen and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, man. Is they're going to be pretty impossible to beat. They learned that lesson. They 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 fixed their off. They overhauled their offense. They don't have one offensive lineman on their team today that they had in that Super Bowl. But yeah. the Niners are still ho- holding on to 2019. Like they found some type of formula that worked. No, you still haven't found the formula that worked. Yeah. That's the problem. You're like a you're like Goodwill hunting at the chalkboard, and you feel you think you figured out the answer. Like no, you got this one thing wrong right there. Can you can you find the one piece of code yeah. that you messed up? No, and, not and, yet. And, I'm also wondering if they're learning right now because it seems to be – correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem like there's more competition at the wide receiver position this year than there ha- ever has been? Like with all these guys they're bringing in, I mean all these young guys that they're bringing in. I mean – Yeah, Ronnie Bell. Yeah, yeah, I mean that was one of my questions with these 49ers is like – to me it's like you have one real wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. Debo's more yeah. like a weapon. Juwan Jennings, you know, he's like a possession receiver that you can use every now and then. But he's, no he's almost real. a tight end. Sorry, right, Peter. right. But that's now, what Tariq Woolen called you. But there's bringing in so many wide receivers, and there's yes, we think there's only like how many spots? Like we we think, oh, they're obviously going to go Debo, IU, Juwan Jennings, and Ray Ray, and Danny. But are they really? Because they're bringing in all these guys. You got Danny Martin, who looks impressive. All these Tay uh, Romello Bell. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Niner Grandpa says grandson running from my live debate. Scared. What? <laughs> huh? What world are you living in? Gammon Brown says Niner Grandpa still running from my live debate. I don't understand. What, is this an inside <laughs> joke? Ter- ter- uh, Taryn Bam says, uh, I know Trey is ready for the end, but do you think the fans are treating him like this because the last time we had a black quarterback one was the cap situation? Uh, there's a lot of aspects to it. Probably for some. Uh, unconsciously, subconsciously, but I don't think I think it is a lot. Of, we're going to talk about uh, that a little bit later. So stick with this. We're going to get to the all the, the Trey Lance stuff in a little bit, like a half hour. Stick with this because we're going to talk about it from the locker room's perspective. And this locker room didn't play with cap, so I think there's different things at play amongst the people who matter the most. Yeah, you know what's funny? I think Jesse said it, and it's true. Everyone, oh, we don't want to talk about quarterbacks, but that's all everyone really wants to talk about. Let's be honest, but yeah. Of course, but I'm making wait for it. That's another reason to yeah. make them wait for it. Wait for it, All yeah. Right. So they can get over their uh, denial of what they want to discuss. <laughs> right. You guys All know right. you want it. <laughs> so um, yeah. the Niners have started slowly to the last two seasons. 
This year, it kind of behooved them to start quick because they got some easier games early on and they got some brutal schedule. It's like cross-country trip every other week down the stretch. And they got to play the Seahawks twice in a three-week span with the Eagles sandwich in between. Like, they really need to start fast this year. Yeah. How are they going to do that? They got to do something. Like, we're talking about learning lessons and doing things differently. How about the last two years? What you, whatever you did that didn't have you prepared for September and October, what are you going to do differently this year? Where would you start as honorary quality control, Ryan? I mean, well, the easiest thing is approach the preseason kind of like they did in the old, uh, back in the day, right? Don't approach the preseason the way you've been approaching it. Look at it like, you know, it's it's an, it's an opportunity to work out the kinks. And you, in order to do that, you got to play your guys. You got to yeah. look at it like it's a real game. And that, that's the main thing I think that they need to do above all, above everything else. Yeah, I would think so. I think Kyle's been trying to – I think what he, what he had – the problem he had at first was that players were getting hurt in training camp and preseason. I'm trying to think like Jerk McKinnon didn't make it to the season. There's yeah. been other examples. And I think Kyle – what the Rams do a lot of is just like, let's just do nothing this offseason. Let's do nothing in the preseason. Just get our guys to the season. Kyle tries that. And for whatever reason, I don't know, it doesn't work as well for the Niners because all those guys just end up getting hurt early in the season. Because it seems like they're not really in football shape. They might be in shape, but you know football shape is different. Like you have to be build up a callus, as Jim Harbaugh said, to get hit, all that stuff. And it seems like the Niners don't build up that callus until mid-October. And beyond that, it seems like they don't by not doing anything all offseason, they don't really develop an identity on their offense until the bye week. Like they don't figure out what they do well that year. They know what they did well the previous year. And they try that stuff, and sometimes it doesn't work as well. Like all the Debo running stuff, that wasn't carrying you in 20. So what did they do? They were like, ah, oh, uh, let's wait for McCaffrey. Right. And that fixed them. You know, but like they have to sort of reinvent themselves every year, and they do it on the fly. So I think if you're gunning for the number one seed, you can't do any of that this year. You really have to take, you have to take August and September seriously. Correct. You're, you can't just punt August and September and think that you're going to be the number one seed. Because some team's going to start the season like 7-0, and and it won't be you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I'm hoping the biggest difference for the 49ers this year is that. Like, they approach the preseason. Because here's the thing. Like, what are you worried about? Like, an injury setting back and starting slow? Well, by doing that, you've been starting slow. So yeah. just go out there and play and, and find your rhythm early. Because I think the 49ers have a real opportunity to start. I mean, they could start 6-0. and They could start 4-2, and which would be great. If I had them starting 4-2 and and 4-0. and So yeah. they could do it. But yeah, let's see him do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pittsburgh and, the da- and Dallas is going to be tough, I think. But outside of that, I-, I think the rest are very winnable games. We'll see what happens with Pittsburgh and Dallas. But they they have an opportunity to start 6-0, and they have to uh, use the preseason as a real game, work out the kinks, get everyone going. But again, like I'd like to see Kyle do something different as an acknowledgement that whatever his plan was the last two years was suboptimal. So yeah. I want to see that he's thought about it that he's made a tweak, something different, yeah. that he intends to have results. Because if he just does the same thing and says, I just had bad luck in the past and this is going to eventually work out, then, again, that's that's an issue I have with him as a leader. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's two things, I th- or one thing I heard yeah. also was that, I think it was Steve Slowick who said part of the reason that the 49ers, or his brother, not Steve, his brother. Bobby. Yeah. So part of the reason why the 49ers have started slow is because of coaching turnover. And ah. this year, this year they have it on the defensive side 
more that's than, a good point more than anything so that's the thing that i'm curious about as well as like we i know need to talk I, about that I, i'm excited about him but like how fast are they gonna be able to figure it out well let's talk about that right now niner grandpa says i've been calling you out don't act dumb fancy it hey man you sitting in your room looking out the window calling me out doesn't i can't you gotta like contact me in some way shape or form niner grandpa um also you don't just get to battle you know what I'm saying? The, the, you the, the top up, MC. Man. You don't get just to battle me because you decided you like rapping last week. Like you, you got to go through the proper channels, Niner Grandpa. <laughs> Start on the Colin show. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what the what you just mentioned. Will the defense take a step back before it takes a step forward? That's another reason to feel like the Niners might have their customary slow start. They have a brand new defensive coordinator, and this is different from going from Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans coached under Robert Sala. He was Robert Sala's quality control coach. He was his linebacker coach. I mean, Sala essentially groomed D'Amico Ryans, showed him how to be a coach, how to be a coordinator. And D'Amico's whole thing was to change nothing. Now, I mean, he may have had different tendencies or different preferences, but essentially the defense was the same. Steve yeah. Wilkes is not that guy. He doesn't. He didn't coach under Robert Sala. Like this dude has been a coordinator a very long time. He was a coordinator when Sala was a, a quality control coach. Like, he has his own. He's older. He has his own ideas, and he's probably going to implement changes. And they could end up being. I like the ideas that he has, but it could take a little bit of time. You just mentioned. The Niners had turnover on offense, their offensive tra uh, coaching staff the last few years. It took a while for the, all their new ideas to come to fruition and gel, although they did last year with Brock Purdy. On defense, it could be the same thing. Do you think this defense starts off looking a little shaky? I, th I think it's definitely possible because it's different, right? They're going to be playing a lot more like man press coverage. Uh, like they're going to be blitzing a lot more with your linebackers. Uh, and so what that means is your safeties have to are a big part of like they got to be safe, right? They got to, they have to be able to protect these corners uh, if they get beat deep. And that's a little concerning, honestly, with uh, Hufunga, as much as I like him, he's used to, right, everything being contained and jumping everything in front of him. It's a little different now because it's not contained. He's the safety net. He has to make sure nothing gets past him. And he's not, he doesn't, he's really not the speed guy necessarily. So, you know, I could see the 49ers getting burnt a, a few times early if they're going to be this aggressive in the beginning. Uh, it's definitely something to look for. Now, it's entirely possible they come out and they look better than ever because I think they should have been aggressive for a long time. Personally, as a fan, I'm excited. I like that style of defense. Like I like to watch blitz yeah. and, and aggressive defense. So I'm excited about it. But is this going to be an improvement, at least in the beginning? That's a different question. We're going to have to see. Yeah, I mean, you have the the, the – the secondary coach is gone. Corey Undlin, he went with D'Amico to Houston. So yeah. now you basically have Steve Wilkes taking over this defense and taking over the secondary. He's gonna, he could totally remake the secondary. We don't really know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I think from D'Amico's perspective or maybe even Robert Sala's perspective, like, okay, you're going to be more aggressive on defense? Okay. Well, let's see yeah. how many explosive plays you give up. Let's yeah. see how many big plays you give up. Because from D'Amico's perspective, I had the number one defense in the league last year. We were number one. So yeah. you're going to improve on that. Okay, let's see how you do that. Now, what I would say is – Defense gave up 31 points in the NFC Championship game, D'Amico, and your defense is very vanilla, and it should be more aggressive. I, to me, what Steve Wilkes is, his theory makes sense. If you have this great, great pass rush, this great defensive line, complement it by playing press man coverage, which forces the quarterback to hold the ball longer, as opposed to letting him just throw quick passes against zone. That makes sense to me. But again, how long is it going to be before the Niners master that? 
because they haven't really been doing they tried it last year with Emmanuel Mosley and it seemed like it was working um, but they don't have Mosley anymore. And are they going to try that with Diamador Lenore and his like 31 inch arms and his all five foot 10 to him? Like, well, how's that going to go? Because he was yeah. getting mossed last year when he wasn't playing like 15 yards off. And if it's not him, is it going to be a rookie? Darrell Luter Jr.? Like, I like him, but he, we asked him at the rookie minicamp who's the best wide receiver you've ever faced? He couldn't name one. He said there was a guy at Western Kentucky and he didn't know his name. The guy at Western, and again, nothing against that. Doesn't mean he won't be good, but there's some moments of truth that are ahead of Darrell Luter Jr. You can't just pencil him into the starting lineup. So what's going to happen? We'll see. Yeah, and one of the biggest areas of improvement for the 49ers defense from last year that they could make is the third and short, stopping the run. Yeah. They, were, they were one of the worst in the NFL at that. People overlooked yeah. that. You know, They were one of the top defenses, but they were really bad at stopping the run on the interior, third and short. How are they going to change that this year? What what has been done? Yeah, I don't know about that because you lost Ebukam. He's a great run defender. He really is. And you added Javon Hargrave. That's a big upgrade, but not against the run. Like honestly, if Javon Kinlaw is 100% healthy, it's he he's going to be the reason that they're better on third and uh, short. Like he he's built to stop that. Hargrave is not. So in a lot of ways, they would they need Kinlaw to step up and be who he. Can be even if even though they have Hargrave, if Kinlaw steps up and shows what they wanted to be initially, they need him, and there's a spot for him for sure. I mean, it would be great if Kinlaw stepped up. I mean, the hard part about Kinlaw is is he we've been what is this year four for Kinlaw? And, yeah, and it's and again, been, it's not a work ethic thing. It's not it's it's yeah. just, it's one thing, and it's really out of his control and the team's control. It's his knee. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, expecting that to happen, I don't know. It'd be great. It'd can't be expect it to happen. If it happened, but you can't expect that, it. Yeah, you can't really expect. You can't that. expect it. Yeah. Uh, Niner Grandpa says Niner Grandpa is top dog. All caps. Fans want to see the battle. Fans. Okay. Hey, well, next time we uh, do the cone phone, you are welcome to call in. Gammon Brown says even Mortal Kombat has a ladder system. At Niner Grandpa, meet me at the call-in show. Bro wants boss music before advancing in levels. Wild. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come on, dude. Let's go. All right, moving on. Competition in the secondary. What I think is interesting about Steve Wilkes coming in is he is a secondary guru, and it seems pretty clear that he like handpicked the secondary players in free agency in the draft. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel like all incumbents better look over their shoulder, except for ones who are, make a ton of money or in the all or were a first team or second team All Pro, because you don't know the, uh, Wilkes' preferences. D'Amico's gone. D'Amico loved Amador Lenore. D'Amico loved Tayshawn Gibson. You know, D'Amico's gone. And now you got Isaiah Oliver here. You got Darrell Luter Jr. here. You got Jair Brown here. And you have no idea how Steve Wilkes is looking at any of these competitions. There could be like two incumbent starters from last year in the secondary. It's very interesting. What do you you think? Yeah, something I caught. I think think it was uh, John Lynch. They were talking Mm -hmm. about the DBs, the safeties. And he was surprisingly... Uh, lukewarm on Huff and Gibson, like in his word, they like his words were like, you know, hey, yeah, those guys played great last year, but we're not going to hand anybody mm-hmm. a starting position. And you would think like Huff and Gibson coming back that that was a guarantee, but the way he worded it was a little surprising to me. He almost opened the door, and maybe that has something to do with Wilkes wanting to decide who plays where. Uh, but he wasn't really like overly uh, complimentary of Huff and Gibson, who I think deserved it based on last year so i mean he could definitely switch things up here i think this is the biggest 
thing with the 49ers, it's going to be int- – well, one of them, obviously quarterback competition is going to be huge. But watching the defense, the, def- the differences in the defense this year is going to be key. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Tashawn Gibson has to be looking over his back right now. The Niners traded up to take someone to his position, and he only has one year on his contract. He's only guaranteed $1.1 million this year. Like, there is no guarantee he starts at all. In yeah. fact, if it's close between Brown and Gibson, you might just go with Brown because yeah. he's younger. Like, why would you play the older guy over the younger guy if it's close? So yeah. Gibson's a guy who might not start this year, even though he was great last year. They yeah, trade him. And there's a high chance that Isaiah Oliver is your starting nickel. Yep. Yeah. And then Absolutely. you got to look at um So Lenore, so that's another one, Lenore. Lenore like where do you Luger. fit in, man? Where do you Lenore fit in? Because Luger. it seems like yeah. it seems like Wilkes wants to play press man coverage. It seems like he brought in a bunch of corners who have 32, 33 inch arms. Like, that's not your physical profile. It seems like they drafted you back when they liked Jason Verrett and thought they could get by with other quarterback uh cornerbacks who are sort of small like that. Like, first, you're not Jason Verrett, and I don't think Steve Wilkes is looking for that type. So that's another one. There's a possibility. I mean, I haven't seen Luter in person. You saw him, and there's a long way to go. But I can see even Luter giving Lenore some competition. I think that's possible as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's Traverius Ward. Like, Traverius Ward, they they invested a lot in him. But, again, that was when D'Amico was here. That was when Corey Unlin was here. You have we don't know how Steve Wilkes feels about Traverius Ward. And frankly, Traverius Ward was getting torched down the stretch. He got smoked by DK Metcalf in the playoffs. It didn't matter because they won. And he Lenore outplayed Traverius Ward the last three, four games of the season. Definitely the last three. Yeah. So I mean, if if he's what I thought was interesting was uh they had Luter playing left corner at rookie minicamp. Not like the preparing him to take Lenore's job, but preparing him to back up Ward. I don't know, maybe it could change around, but Ward too. You don't, you don't know how Wilkes feels about you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Ward, they invested so much in him, they'll probably, he'll probably have all opportunities to keep his spot, but like, you know, next year, the year after that, uh, anything's up for grabs, and Ward's going to have to come out and play his best ball, but I think Isaiah Oliver, people aren't talking about him a lot, but I think he's going to be a factor as well this this year. I think so too, and again, you can see what Wilkes wants to do he feels like and I agree with him uh you can't just play passive zone coverage and win the Super Bowl when you eventually you face a Hall of Fame quarterback and they dice that up yeah like you have to actually like match up eventually and if you're gonna do that you need guys who are really big and athletic and with long arms and and what what about Quantrez Knight that's another guy that to to think about young guy Sam Womack another young guy I mean, Ambry Thomas could be in trouble here. Honestly, any DB who was brought into this team before this year got to wonder. Like, I don't know who this Steve Wilkes is. I don't know what he thinks of me. Right. I mean, you even mentioned, like, John Lynch was a little more lukewarm on Hafunga than you would expect. Yeah. You just have no idea what Wilkes thinks he can do with Hafunga. Maybe he's D'Amico's, you know, ideal strong safety. Maybe he's not Steve's ideal strong safety. We'll see. Because, yeah. you know, if you watch Hafunga's tape from last year, there's some lowlights. Yeah. Wilk saw that. I'm curious what he thinks. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're going to be playing press man coverage and you're expecting Hufanga to, to play safety and protect you and from getting burnt deep, he's probably not the best guy to do that. No. No. And, you know, the difference between Hufanga and Gibson is like Hufanga takes chances. He stopped at the end of the season. But yeah. he's the one he, – you, you say he's instinctual. That means sometimes he, like – blows his assignment or intentionally leaves his assignment because he has a feeling which you could call 
Hero Ball, mm-hmm. which uh, some, I mean, if it's Ronnie Lott, if it's Troy Palomalu, you say, I'll live with it. It's a freaking Hall of Famer. They'll, they'll be right more than they'll be wrong. Yeah. Tr- uh, Talanoa Hafunga in your first year as a starter? Dude, dude, yeah. you haven't earned that. Like, play right, you play, play sound yeah. for longer. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it helps better with everything in front of him. I mean, you could, you might even see one of these. I mean, you could see Isaiah Oliver in certain situations drop back and play safety. I think that's a possibility as well. I mean, who knows what, what he's going to do. But you really want to cover safety in third and long if you're going to be aggressive. True. And I, I see people saying, like, hey, you know, the Niners might play some dime coverage on third down to get three safeties on the field. Mm-hmm. Eh. You really paid Dre Greenlaw all that money to take him off the field on third down so he could play a rookie? Like, I don't see it that way. Yeah. Like, they're coming. It's not Greenlaw's playing time who's going to get cut into. It's Gibson's. Yeah. You know, it's a dude like they, Wilkes doesn't know you. And he likes Brown. All I know is he likes Brown. I don't know how he feels about Gibson. Yeah. I'm a big Huff supporter, but I think even Huff has to. True. You could see some of his snaps go down a little bit. Niner Grandpa still wants it. He says, "Where, where, where's your sweater, Iggy? Man, I got a lot of nice sweaters. It's just been kind of. I'll wear the sweater on the college though. That guy wants it. All right. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the quarterback, I want to talk about the running back position. You could argue the Niners have the deepest running back group in the NFL, the best <laughs> running back room in the NFL. Yeah, they don't really rotate their backs, which is strange, but they could. Yeah, and if they did, yeah. watch out." Right. Um, who do you think – do you think they keep four running backs, five running backs? Do they trade one of these guys? How do you how do you see this one playing out? I don't know, man. I think TDP might be in trouble. I can't, his name slips me, the rookie. It's a, it's a hard name. What's, what's I think TDP's in – Kalen Laburn. I think TDP's Laburn, in Laburn, 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 yeah. That's yeah. the guy that I think could come and snatch TDP's spot like Mason snatched uh, Sermon's spot, basically. I agree. Yeah. I can see the same yeah. thing happening. There's a the thing with TDP I think people may forget, but remember um, – remind me the running back coach's name again. Bobby Turner. Mm-hmm. Bobby Turner what a, took like a year off, right? Yeah. He was not with the team when they drafted TDP. That was Anthony Lynn's pick, okay? Mm-hmm. So Bobby Turner comes back to the team midseason, and they don't use TDP – but uh, now Bobby Turner's back, and he's very involved in the drafting of running backs, and he was not involved in the drafting of TDP. I don't know what he thinks of TDP, but I could see the Niners being like, you know what, Anthony Lynn, we, we gave you a chance, but Bobby Turner's back, and we're just going to go with the Bobby Turner running back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. If they weren't loyal to Trey Sermon, like TDP, he's got a real uphill climb because he's already behind McCaffrey, Mitchell, and Mason. Like, he's fourth on the depth chart right now and this laboring guy like he looks legit he runs a 4-4 mm. and that's Let's the see. kind of back they're missing yeah. too right like yep. there's nothing tdp can do that they don't already have in cmc mitchell or mason right Correct. but but a labor and a 4-4 burner like that that's something different that they don't have yeah. yet and yeah the thing about running backs it's not like quarterback or whatever you either got it or you don't in most cases when it comes to running back, you know, they have short careers. Usually they're young and then they retire early. So when you come to the league and you're a running back, you usually either have it or you don't. And if TDP is not flashing yet, the chances of him coming out flashing this year are going to be slim compared to a guy like labor. So I, I see him keeping four and I see, I think it's labor and I don't think it's TDP. 
I think it's people don't realize just how bad um, Ty Davis Price was last year. Like this is a team where uh, Elijah Mitchell averaged six point two yards per carry. Jordan May- Jordan Mason averaged six yards a carry. Debo Samuel averaged five point five yards per carry. Jeff Wilson averaged five point one yards per carry. McCaffrey averaged four point seven. Lance averaged four point two, and Kyle Ustrick averaged three point seven. This dude, Ty Davis Price, averaged two point nine. 2.9 on 34 attempts. Like, how? How could you be that bad when everyone else was that good? And there's yeah. so many threats, and everyone is thinking about Debo and, and everyone else, but you get the ball and can't even get three yards? Like, no. Trey yeah. Sermon averaged like four yards of carry on this team. Like, no, it's it's bad. I don't. It's not going to happen for Titans yeah. Price. Yeah, I don't see TDP being on this team. I don't. No. I, I think I no. think Laburn's going to be uh, Laburn's going to make it over him. He offers them something that they don't have, and he's he's fast, man. They need that. Yeah, and I mean, look, maybe, maybe the Niners get cute and feel like Laburn is their secret and no one is will, will poach them and they can put them on their practice squad, fine. But if you want to have your best 53-man roster, it's gonna Laburn's going to be better than Ty Davis Price. In my, I, I'm projecting here. Yeah. But it's going to be an interesting competition. Like, maybe TDP is better, but, dude, you, you got a hell of a competition on your hands, man, just to be the fourth running back on this team. What if they only keep three? What about they might that, just keep three. What, what about that Jake kid, the Jack? Jack, what's his name? Sorry, Jack Coletto? Coletto, what, do you think that feels like time? another practice squad guy who could become like a fullback down the line? Because I saw him in, in rookie mini camp. He doesn't look like a pro right now. No offense, he just looks okay. like a practice squad guy right now who could it, use a little time in the Niners. Wait, how, how many years do you think Juice Check has in him? He's kind of old for a fullback. Like, yeah, I I already feel like he, I mean he's a good player, but they don't use him that much and they pay him a lot, and I kind of feel like. I don't know. They could kind of move on at any time. Maybe this could be his last year, year to year. Because mm-hmm. think about it. Like, if you have a fifth option on the field, couldn't you get a more dangerous one than Juszczyk? It's like, you don't do that much with him. Even when he catches the ball, it's not. And what is he, like $5 million a year, right? Something like that. That's so, a lot. That's a lot for a fullback. You could have one for 800000 you know? Yeah, he, he's not the running back. He's not the, the blocker he was when he was 29. Like, I, he's, I, he's a good player. I just don't, don't see how they justify paying him all that for the way they use him. I don't know. They don't use him enough. Yeah. Sean O'Leary says, I say trade Mitchell. Too injury prone, cash out while cost controlled and young, and still seen as having upside. The thing about that is like, what's he worth? He's a running back. Every team likes their running backs. Every team feels they have a strong running back room. You know, everyone knows that Elijah Mitchell gets hurt. So right. is he worth a little bit more than Jeff Wilson was? A fourth round pick instead of a third? A day three pick. I'm a little nervous about that just based on CMC's history and his usage. If you lose CMC and then as much as I like Jordan Mason, he's kind of just like a power back, right? You kind of want Elijah Mitchell as more of a combo uh, speed power back. I, you I can think throw you it, wanna, you, he's a bit of a receiver. Yeah. You want to keep Elijah Mitchell, I think, because if something happens to CMC, ju- just Jordan Mason, you just have a power back at that point, And I don't think that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually think Elijah Mitchell is extremely talented. Uh, he just needs, I don't know, I, I think he needs to put on a little bit of muscle because the, he runs so hard. Kyle always, he runs like he's 225 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, but he's built like he's 205 tops. Like he's he's not, he might have less muscle. He probably has less muscle uh, than McCaffrey, I'd have to say. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, he's he's about McCaffrey size with a little bit less muscle definition, and that's I think explains his career. So you look at labor. You saw the the pictures I put a labor on my channel, like the thumbnails. He already has bigger legs and a and a, a more defined upper body than Mitchell right now. So look, yeah. if you could just take a little bit of a workload off of Mitchell, maybe he 
but I don't know. Just the way he runs, it's, he's just like one run away from knocking himself out. And knock on wood, CMC was pretty, you know, reliable last year. Obviously, he didn't miss a game, but CMC and Mitchell have a – both of them have a history for injury, so I don't think you want to rely on one and not, you know, count out the other. I think you need them both. If I were the Niners, I would I would uh, roll with – I mean, with that, I guess you could argue if you think you can get Labor on the practice squad, you should put him there and keep as many as you can. But if you don't, I think their best four are going to be McCaffrey, Mitchell, Mason, Laburn, those are four good. Yeah, I mean, running I, fullback. I think it's realistic that Laburn is good enough to where they don't even they want him on the team. Maybe so. Yeah, at, yeah. at that speed, you know. Yeah, it, can right. he play special teams though? That's the question. Did he play special teams in high in college? I don't know. I don't know. Mason does. Yeah. Rod Simmons says, Grant, you have said the NFL refs won't allow physical defense to exist in, the, in, the, in this era. Physicality kept us penalized with Solomon Ryans. We'll fix, uh, we'll fix this. Well, I was thinking about this, too. The down. This is another thing I think Solomon D'Amico would say. It's like, oh, you want to play press man coverage, huh? Good luck with that in the Super Bowl. Let's see how many P.I. calls you get in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Let's see how many P.I. Because that happened to Bradbury, right? He was trying to play man coverage. Would he, would he have his hand like, what, was he grazed the guy's thigh? Yeah. Would, he, would he graze his thigh? Can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Can't do that. So good luck playing man coverage. What You're damned if you do, damned if you don't playing defense and, in the NFL. I mean, days, are we really, do we really have corners that are that elite to where you can sh- play man coverage against the best receivers in the NFL and in the Super Bowl? I don't, I don't know if we do. So you have to balance it. Wait, uh, wow. Shots fired at Isaiah Oliver. Wow. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, though, I think with the Niners have it, have acknowledged to Rod's point is that you can't really have safeties. You can. It's better to have safeties like Hafunga and Brown, who are ball hawks, than safeties like Tartan Ward, who are athletes, run defenders, physical tone senders, uh, versatile. Like their skill set's great, but um, it's a passing league, and you need turnovers more than tackles yeah like you'll take a functional tackle tackler over a like jimmy ward's a great tackler like yeah i need i need interceptions from the safety spot i need him and you weren't getting them from that from that uh duo yeah 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 Yeah. josh wyatt says count the number of draft picks we have devoted to running back with cmc and trade-ups are we eight picks better than we would be if we had stuck with the late round guys no well, it's hard with CMC. He's more than a running back, so that one is different. But still, the totality of all all the picks yeah. dedicated to the position when you've had this track record of success with the undrafted, like you literally could have spent zero picks on this position and had you know a top five room in the league. But Kyle can't help himself, so yeah. hopefully yeah. that the number one running back room in the league different you know carries him. And and I don't know if you saw, but who's the XFL guy? He just he just kicked eight field goals like three over 50 yards he went eight for eight won the game in the xfl recently i forget his last name but like you could have got him that's why you don't spend third round picks on running yeah. on kickers just yeah. get a guy like that yeah now, he's and, a pro and not i mean you know maybe moody works out but i feel like this guy is pretty damn good based on what he did yesterday this weekend so you could got him it'd be interesting to see i'd be interesting yeah. to see gammon brown says i say trade Lance, Purdy, Sam, two injury prone, cash out while cost controlled young and still have seen as having upside. Niner grandpa is paying for grants, upgrade his sweater wardrobe. Hate the opinion, not the person. Yeah, I think the Niners should try a new brand of football where no one's a quarterback, 
but everyone's a quarterback. There's no, there's no pure. Why would you have a quarterback on the team when they're not when they can't play running back? You have to be a running back. <laughs> yeah. First. Yeah. Let's CMC first. play quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you very much. Okay. Last thing, and then we'll talk Trey. The Niners have a very particular brand of football. They talk about it all the time. They call it Niner football, and it to me isn't. Well, what would you say it is? Defense, run game, I guess. It's physicality, right? Yeah, physicality. It's physicality. This is the most physical team in the league. They hurt you on both sides of the ball. They want to be physical. They they, they took pride the in game. you yeah. lose the next game. Like you, it's a war facing us. Yeah. Cool. And each, it's, it's, I mean, it's, at least you have a, a personality and identity, and you stick to it. You you've achieved that at defensive line, linebacker, DB, mm-hmm. running back, tight end. I feel like there's one pretty large position group that doesn't kind of fit this brand of football, and it's the offensive line. Now, the left side does. like Nothing against Williams and Banks. Those guys are big. Those guys kick butt. But the other three guys, like they are not physical. Say what you want about Brendel, Burford, and McKivitz. They are not physical. They are finesse. Yeah. Finesse offensive linemen. I think it's kind of interesting that the Niners have built up this personality it just feels like almost like they don't fit the team anymore. I mean, can I? Does it fit? I have a, I have a, uh, I have a weird prediction. It might not come true, but I, I really feel like Feliciano is going to work his way into this starting lineup. By the he's end not a finesse offensive lineman. Yeah, he's yeah. physical. Yeah. yeah, he's physical. I, I, that's why I'm saying. I know a lot of people think it's crazy, but I feel like he's too. I feel like he's one of the top five linemen on the team. I really think that, and I feel like he'll work his way in there. I don't think he came here to sit on the bench. He started for what twelve seasons or something crazy like that. I don't know how long it's been, but he started for a long. He time. He started fifteen games last year, right? At center, but he started six games the year before that at guard, nine games the year before that at guard, sixteen games the year before that at guard. Like, and yeah, I mean, like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be nimble and quick like Spencer Burford, or do you want to be physical? Like the whole freaking team is physical, except yeah. for those three guys. Maybe Feliciano is going to start. It, it's interesting how Kyle Shanahan structures the line. It's almost always been strong on the left and more yep. like agile on the right. Like I wonder. It's because why. they run their outside zone to the right. They run their outside zone to the right. They run more gap plays to the left. But like outside zone is an inherently finesse, unphysical way to run the ball. Like you're not blocking down on people. You're like setting picks in basketball essentially. Isn't you're trying that, to get to the edge. Isn't that? predictable though like i mean yes. outside of trent tipping on the left then you got that going on as yes. well like it's a little too yes. predictable now the bet the, the way he would say that they balance it out is with their play action game like okay you know we're gonna run outside zone to the right but we can always keep you honest with our play action bootleg game yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's not physical at, at a certain point they got to all pass protect and they get blown up all of them yeah yeah i mean the harbaugh era that line was physical throughout yes yeah that boone what, and davis good yeah. god yeah, yeah, Davis is all of those guys, man. The whole line was vicious. Yes. I, yeah, that's one thing I think that we all, you know, we all been saying that we wanted, we wanted that to be the focus in this draft. Yeah. We wanted the right tackle to be addressed in the draft or in the free agency, and it, yeah, it wasn't. They continue to just believe in what they're doing with Colt McKivitz, and I don't know, man. Last year, it kind of seemed like it backfired in, in the once they started playing these really good teams and. This is another, like, we started off the show talking about what they have learned. In this perspective, they think they are, they haven't figured out, and they think this is what works for them, and they haven't addressed it, and that does concern me. I think it's interesting is they've built their team a certain way. Like, the, the Eagles are very similar in how they've built their team. Like, they're very physical, too. 
But in a way, like they're almost more physical because look at their offensive line. Yeah. It's huge. Everyone is 6'6, 320, except for the yeah. center. They got yeah. like four guys who are 6'6, 320. And then their quarterback is like the most physical, strong. He's, like, he's a power lifter. And he yeah. got like 10 touchdowns on quarterback sneaks last year. Yeah. So the Niners are almost kind of getting beaten at their own game right now. And maybe, maybe they've learned. Like Lance is kind of physical if you don't. Use him like a fullback. There are ways that, to use his physicality in a safe way. And maybe bringing in Feliciano and Pryor is a, an attempt to get a little bit bigger on the offensive line. Because, I yeah. I mean, it works for Philly. If that's who you want to be, I think you need the offensive line to match it. Yeah, Feliciano's a bruiser. I, did they ever decide what they're going to do about the the sneak, the, the Eagles sneak? I don't know. I don't know. Right. One more thing I want to think with, with the outside zone thing. Like, what is the point of having those three outside zone offensive linemen if you don't have Raheem Mostert? Like you don't have the running back to really take advantage of it. So what's the point? You got McCaffrey. You got you, like all these guys are really more like between the tackles runners. So another, freaking load up. Another reason why I think the the rookie running back might make this team because that he could be that guy. Dude, if he ends up being their guy and he just steals ten carries a game, that'd be tight. But yeah. why not? It's happened before. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me make sure. Okay. Uh, Gavin Brown says, I call out Niner Grandpa fans want to see it. Have you noticed how... <laughs> Let's do it. I will, I, I will do a cone phone. You guys both have to show up. Have you noticed how uh, StreamYard has fixed the Super Chats? They automatically star all the Super Chats so you don't miss them now? So nice. I didn't notice that. I don't, get a lot of super, I don't get a lot of Super Chats on my oh, channel, okay. man. I got to work my way up to that. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> all right, let's talk Trey Lance. Let's talk Trey Lance. Fans want to know about how this locker room really feels about Trey Lance. And I think it's a tough question to answer because I think the locker room is not necessarily in lockstep with this one. I feel like there's two classes of players on this team. You know, there's the older players who are rich and on their second and third contracts, who are the captains and the leaders of the team. And then there's the younger players who may make up the majority of the team. Those yeah. guys who are on their first contracts who don't have much standing and don't have a voice. I think there's two kind of classes. I think they might feel different about Trey. That's the way I see it. I feel like the young guys look at Trey as one of them, and I think they see, they look at him like, man, if he getting screwed over, third pick in the draft, like they gave a ball. If he's getting screwed over, I could get screwed over. Someone yeah. like I could look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But older guys look at Trey, and they see that he was brought in to replace Jimmy, and they think, man, if Jimmy could get screwed over, you know, the quarterback who does everything right and makes all this money and wins, man, any of us could get screwed over. And I think you have, like, players sort of empathizing with with Trey or being threatened by Trey, if you understand what I'm saying. And I think, like, that's it's sort of what he represents to both of them, not even who he is. Well, he seems like a perfectly pleasant fellow. I don't know. What do yeah. you think? Uh, I think they – I think a majority of people in that locker room and in, you know, the office, the front office – they see the talent that Trey Lance has, so they don't underestimate that. I think they all know that he has that talent, but I think a lot of them just don't think he's ready. And I think more than that, when we're talking about the locker room, a lot of them don't think he has that leadership dog mentality like that Brock Purdy showed early, that that assertiveness, mm. uh, that he's kind of the younger brother to a lot of those guys that you were talking about that doubt him. And I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that he's going to have to overcome. Obviously, you go out there and you win, and that changes everything. And it's, to me, it seems like Trey Lance, you know, he wants people to like him, and he's a little bit too nice 
and he's going to have to win to slowly build that trust from those from those guys. Whereas Brock Purdy just was kind of asserted from the jump before he even played it down. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's mixed feelings. Like we've been thinking for a while. I mean, I, I even told you my source before I was it before last season that yeah. they were a little um, there was hesitancy in regards to Trey Lance. And a lot of it, I think, is just his personality. Like, his, he's a very nice guy. It's like, almost too nice. And he needs to be more like, this aggressive alpha leader that quarterbacks typically are, you know, unless you've been playing and you're showing that you can win. You, you have to embody that leadership throughout when, in your the way you speak, you know, not just the way you play. Yeah, I, it's true. But I feel like, Part of me feels like, though, the leadership council, a.k.a. the Cabo crew, yeah. is never going to really like Trey. And he has to stop thinking about winning them over. He may never. Yeah. He may never. He could win. He could play well. And they could still be, like, not on the boat. At a certain point, you know, if, if it's his team and he takes over, the Niners will have to decide who's in and who's out. But that's we're a long way from, from that happening. But I just feel like a lot of these people won't give Trey the benefit of the doubt because of what he um, represents why he's here, how he got here. And that's a lot of the older players. That's how I, that's how I feel about it. I feel they, like, they treat him like a younger brother. And like, how do you stop? When do you stop doing that? It's so disrespectful. When do you stop? I feel like if he wins games and he wins games in large part because he's playing well, that goes away. And it goes away pretty quickly. But that he's got to get to that point, right? He can't just be coasting by depending on Debo and CMC to get him there. He's got to overcome all of that or else they're going to be comparing him to Brock Purdy forever. Like he has to be the reason why the 49ers are winning games, which is hard to do on this roster. But he just has to ball out and win games. Once they do that, like if they go into Pittsburgh, win that game, if he beats the Cowboys, if they start 6-0 and there's and he's the quarterback, I think all that goes away. Um, I disagree. This this team is, is complicated because the leadership council, the Cabo crew, Again, to me, I feel like they look at Trey as like, man, you, you didn't ask us if we wanted Trey. We, you didn't get our input on this. In fact, had you get asked our input, we would have said no. And they've already sort of given Brock Purdy their seal of approval. They like Brock Purdy. So whatever happens with Trey Lance, I could see them being like, hey, you know, when Brock Purdy's healthy, he should play. Because we want, we want, we want playoff games with Brock Purdy. Like, he just got hurt. I could see that happening. And again, that puts Trey in a very awkward position. Like, what do you do when you have a locker room that's already made up its mind? Or not like a locker not, room, but a leadership council. I think right now they've made up their mind and they have their opinions. But again, I really believe that, you know, it's professional sports. If he goes out there and balls out and wins, he can he can get rid of that. I think it's just like the fans. There's all, you know, a lot of the fans want to see Trey Lance, but there's also fans that are extremely overcritical on Trey Lance. And I think it's the same thing with his team. There's some some of the guys like Trey Lance want to see what he can do. They believe in his talent. Then there's some of them are, want to roll with Brock Purdy, and they're they're not sold on him yet. And the number one way to fix that with both the locker room and the fan base is go out there and ball out. And I I feel like once he does that, if he does that, he can change things. I really I just feel I just feel like there is a section of this fan base that always is going to want to discredit Trey. Not just the fan base, but maybe the team too. And a section of this fan base and the team that really believes in Brock. And I kind of compare it to like the Steve Young, Joe Montana thing, although it's not that. But you can ask Jack Hammer. Like Jack Hammer is a big Joe Montana guy. And anytime anyone tries to like pump up the Steve Young legacy, like he'll be there on Twitter to be like, hold on, wait a second. 
Yeah. I disagree. So, f- 1992, the Niners ev- eventually push out Joe Montana and go with Steve. Steve's 14 and 2 that year. I think he might have been the MVP. They lose in the playoffs to Dallas. To this day, Jack Cameron will say, Joe would have won that game with a straight yeah. face. Yeah. God love you, Jack. And there's a lot of people from that era that feel that way. So that's the thing with, with Trey. Like, he could go 14-2. and two. He loses to Dallas in the playoffs. This, this, this team would be like, oh, Brock would have won that. Yeah, Brock would have won that. done that. Brock would have Bro- 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 yeah. went for 500 yards. Like, Bro- Brock's Superman. You know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. It's a tough spot. Yeah, I could see that. It's a tough for spot. Sure. I could see yeah. that. But I think, you know, winning is what people want more than anything. So there's going to be a, a small – you know, the more you win, the smaller that segment goes. It's true. Right? And so eventually he can earn it back. But he's definitely behind the eight ball when it comes to starting off. It would be funny, though, if they win. But just the way Trey plays, he doesn't really throw the ball to the tight end as much. And he throws more to, like, Ayuk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the wide receiver is like, I wonder how. And he should, <laughs> honestly. I think out of all the quarterbacks on the 49 maybe Darnold. But, you know, I don't, I don't really expect him to be that involved unless one of these guys gets hurt. But – between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, he's going to throw the receivers more than Brock Purdy. He's just going we'll to. talk about that in a minute. Gammon Browns, I get this already. I call out Niner Grandpa. Fans want to see it. Okay, we'll, we'll do it. Alex T says, do you think the Cabo crew will ever attend an A's game or is it beneath him? Oh, my God, it's beneath him. Absolutely. <laughs> and what was so one of the things, that, another reason I like Trey Lance, he went to an A's game yesterday. He was yeah. all giddy about it. Like he was a fan. So cool. Yeah, I've seen him with a Dodger hat, Giants hat, Giants game, A's game. Yeah. Yeah, he's just looking for someone to be on his side. Niner Grandpa says, "How do I call in? Let's uh, do it. You stay there too, Iggy." Yeah, he's never going to figure out how to call in, is he? <laughs> Sundays, right? Sundays. Isn't that when you do it, Sunday. Saturday, Sundays. I'll let you know. Yeah. Khalil Kemp says, "Honestly, I love this for Trey. The only time something was ever given to him, he was rejected. Better to earn it this time, like every other time before." Yeah. I like that. I like that too. And again, like he's in the position that Brock was in last year. No one's like everyone's anointing Brock. And yeah. people are writing off Trey. Like, that's a good spot to be in. A lot I, more pressure when you're being anointed. I, I debate with Stats Guerrero all the time. I love Rob. I like how he covers the 49ers. But I debate with him all the time because he's, like, so worried about Sam Darnold. And to me, like, I'm, you know, there's a lot of Trey fans that don't think he should have to compete at all with Sam Darnold. And for me, it's like, I don't give a damn if he's competing mm-hmm. with Sam Darnold. Like, he should, and he should beat him out. If he's that guy, like, I I think he is. I'm, I'm not even worried about him. I, I, yeah. I'm all for competition. Yeah. Flav says, Flave says, think they just don't think Trey is good right now. Plus saying, I'll be okay with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back if he makes less than me. I'm sure Vets thought, who are you and why uh, you care what he makes? Go earn the job. Um, yeah. I do feel like it's clear that bringing back Jimmy last year was an indication that they were concerned about Trey. And now Kyle even says, I mean, maybe he's using excuses, but he was like, well, his finger was messed up. The, the fact that his finger was messed up all offseason didn't allow him to make the mechanical changes he needed to make. Now he says he did make the, or we feel very good about the changes he's made. He's fixed his base. I mean, he's very specific. So we'll see if he can do it for an, if, if it carries over. Yeah. Um, but so far, I feel like Kyle's trying to be transparent right now. And I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt. The funny thing about Flay, man, he was betting me, uh, he was yeah. betting. He, he says he's going to give me an autographed Ronnie Lott jersey if Trey Lance was the week one starter, and then he backed out of the bed. I thought he had confidence in Donald, but it doesn't seem like he does as much yeah. as he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> True says the fact is Lance was a project. When you get Purdy coming in and doing uh, it better than Jimmy, they have to take a step back for the win now mentality. Right, and so that's why you would stick with Brock because he was a 
clear tra a smooth transition and there's no uh there's no development but Brock got hurt that's what makes things complicated it's not as simple as just rolling with Brock now he has to rehab now he has to miss the whole off season so what do you do that's why we're talking about it but I feel you true Relax World says NY Lance fan here why do people make uh why do people make it like Donald is a Mahomes in the making so annoying because I don't like Lance. I think that's really what it's about. Because if if Sam Darnold was traded to or signed with the Cardinals, you guys wouldn't give a damn. But now he's on the Niners, and he's the the best door of the football of all time to a lot of people. It, it It's just weird. What's different between Sam Darnold's situation and Blake Bortles' situation? Like, Blake was on a bad team. Blake yeah. was on a bad team, too. And, you know, he was the third pick in the draft, and he sucked. And then he yeah. went to the Rams. Like they were like, "Oh, we got this former number three pick. Let's put him on our team, and he'll be good." No, 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 no. He sucks. Yeah, he that's, sucks. That's the more similar comparison to people. Yeah. People are trying to compare him to Steve Young. Like, what are you doing, man? More, Blake Bortles, buddy. You know? Yeah. Well, what's the difference? Like, oh, Darnold was on bad teams. What the hell was Blake Bortles on? <laughs> the Jaguars. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of stuff he does. He, he a lot of stuff he does. It doesn't matter. Sam Darnold was recruited to college because of his arm talent. And, you know, his athleticism, it's all good. Mm -hmm. But his senior year in high school, he threw nine interceptions. You know, was that a bad team? Right? In college, he threw interceptions. Yeah. It's a USC. He, yeah. He Cry me a freaking river with your excuses yeah, at USC. Matter. doesn't matter what you You weren't team. at Arizona. You were at Oregon State. Yeah, and how does your team matter if you're fumbling? What does that have to do with fumbling? Yeah, hold on to freaking ball. Butterfingers. Butter yes. That's your name. All right. So I think this is interesting. To me, Trey Lance is the new Mike McGlinchey on this team. I'm going to explain why. Okay? Well, people always say what McGlinchey was. Man, he does his job correctly 97% of the time. It's just those 3% of the time it looks bad and people harp on that. And that's true to an extent for Mike McGlinchey. It's also true for Trey Lance because when he misses, a lot of times it's bad. Like, it'll be one like it, it flutters and it doesn't spin right or he misses high and away, or it, or he misses something on the, like he one hops someone in the flat. Like those those misses almost are viral, and they kind of overshadow everything else he does. Unless he's throwing for three hundred yards and four touchdowns, which he hasn't achieved that level of uh, you know production yet. So I think with him, like a big thing is just consistency, like not having those moments where people that don't like him can just loop it over and over again and be like, what the hell was this? What the, the low light throws. That stuff is big. Uh, I think part of it is Kyle Shanahan just talked about it. He had a broken finger and he could not throw correctly for a long time. And so, you know, Kyle Shanahan was talking about how his ball looks better than ever. He looks better than he's ever looked. So I yeah. think that has to be considered, man. He throwing with a broken finger is definitely going to affect that consistency. Kyle was also, he was really specific. He was like, he couldn't bend his index finger when he threw. He was throwing with a straight index finger for a year. Yeah, which is not that. ideal. Yeah, yeah try, try yeah. to go throw a football like that. It's not easy. Yeah. So no. I think, I, again, there's a sample size on Trey Lance's. Everything with Trey Lance is based on potential. I see his potential. I see his mentality and his, and his mind, and I think uh, it's very promising. But there's really no body of work to make a decision on him one way or the other yet, it's, especially if you take in things into context like, you know, the game plan, the broken finger, the weather, like – Never having two games in a row, never having George Kittle, never having CMC. So everything is just like, do you believe in his potential or do you not? Really, that's how that's mm -hmm. the way you have to judge him at this point. And like, I, 
I feel like we've been having this conversation for two years, like why you have to be patient, not patient, but why you can't give up on Trey yet. I just want to be clear. To me, there is a pattern with the Trey Lance people that, that and it's not a racist thing. It's There's two camps of people that are very adamantly against Trey Lance. It's fans and maybe some players who were big Jimmy Garoppolo fans. Flame. If you were ever a Jimmy Garoppolo guy, yeah. chances are you resented Trey Lance the moment he came on this team and would like nothing more than him to get the boot the way Jimmy did. Yeah. Also, media that were led to believe, insiders that break news who were led to believe that the Niners were going to take Mac Jones said so a lot and came away looking stupid and unconnected. I feel like there's a little bit of retribution going on here. Like, oh, okay, you made me look stupid. You made me say all this stuff. Okay, well, now I'm going to make you look stupid for taking Trey Lance. So we're going to say that we know that Trey Lance sucks. And we're yeah. going to put a lot of pressure on you to move on and acknowledge that you shouldn't have made us look stupid in the first place. And That's there's a, there's a uh, you know, I guess it's more content creators, but like I'll admit, like for me, I predicted they would draft Trey Lance. I said he's right. going to be good. So I'm dug in. I, I You know, I'm dug in on my opinions. I want to be right. Just like Larry right. said, you know, I, I discovered Brock. He's like the guy that pointed out Brock Purdy first. And, he wants to be right about that. I think that's natural human. Uh, I, I'm talking about the insiders, though, that like predicted the Niners would take Mac Jones, like Schefter, Rappaport, yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Silver. Yeah, you want Schefter, right. Rappaport, Mike Silver. Like those yeah. guys said, it's it's gonna be Mac Jones, and then it wasn't. And then I feel like they shifted to, well, it should have been Mac Jones. And then like a lot of their commentary in the years since then have been, look, see, bad pick, bad pick. It wasn't that we were wrong. It's like the Niners did something erratic at the end and made the wrong pick. Like, nah, you just got it wrong. Yeah. It was Trey. Whatever what you were you were led astray, you were wrong. And now it feels like, you know, people kind of hold it against him. When he was like, yeah. maybe the, the team led you astray. Maybe you're not as connected as you thought. I think yeah, people want to be right. One thing though about you that I will say is I don't really notice you wanting to be right about anything, right? You'll give your take, give but you don't damn. care if you're wrong. I mean, I like when I'm right, but it's important yeah. to acknowledge when you're wrong. Yeah, but yeah. I think other people are different. Like, I think I'm, I'm, I want to be right more than, sure. than you do. I think Larry does too. Like, so I think there are a lot of people that are just, hey, I, I predicted this, and they're gonna push that. They want to be right about it. You know, the way I look at it is, a lot of people do these shows and streams and stuff, and are content creators, and most of them are terrified to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Boring. Yeah. If you're scared to be wrong, you won't put yourself out there. You got to be. Uh, it's like the Jordan mentality, right? You can't be afraid yeah. to miss the shot. You got to take the shot. Yeah. And a lot like, of people are afraid to, to miss the shot. And which is they're afraid weird. of receipts. Like, who's fuck. who's right all the time? Nobody. Yeah. Right. So it's, nobody. It's, it's weird. Like the, you know, if you're, you know, you can get five things right and you miss one thing, and everyone's like, "Oh, you were wrong." Like, so what? Like, it's now, obviously it's you want to try to get things right. Like, no one's right. going to want to watch a sports commentator who's wrong all the time. But right. no one also wants to watch yeah. the sports commentator who thinks he's right all the time and can't admit when he's wrong. Like, that's boring and frankly like common right you see that shit all the time it's like yeah. okay here's this guy this guy wants me to think he's the only guy who gets it right all the time like no yeah you're not i right. can i can call up the risk i'll have to call up the receipts if you're gonna act that way but if right. you're the kind of guy who's like actually instead of tooting my own horn and giving myself credit let me be transparent here and it reminds you of the times that i was wrong and make fun of myself for that i think that's more relatable and then you have people like actually will will toot your horn for you pause right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, okay, Flave says, I offered Ryan a signed trade jersey, and he said, no, not worth it. So I had to go with Ronnie Lott just to get him to bet. And if you're not worried about Darnold, why won't you bet who starts more games? Well, start, I mean, like I said, Flav, you have to come on the call-in show. We have to clarify exactly what you're talking about, but I think you're making it too complex. If Sam Darnold is your guy, you should start week one. I'm saying Trey starts week one. That's a simple bet. If you believe in the guy, what are you scared of? You know, Flave, I think you should call in in a Darth Vader helmet and just do the Darth Vader. Yeah. Sunday. And just, Sunday. you know, call, call ruin Trey Sunday. Lance in the Darth Vader voice. Call in Sunday. We'll figure out your complex bet because you just won't pick your man straight up. I feel like Ryan picks his bets very well and normally wins. So if if you got Ryan feeling like you you're an opportunity and and you know you're a sweet lick, I would I would just say no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin Brown says at Corey Soto is a homie missed his super chat. Oh, I will get it. I promise. Hold on. Uh, let me. I'll go back in a minute. James NLBC says Grant, I'm gonna going to Levi Stadium for the first time. Should I stay near Santa Clara or stay in SF? And if so, what neighborhoods are great and safe? Um, if you can swing it. I would say in SF, there's a million things to do in San Francisco. There's not that much to do in Santa Clara other than Great America and <laughs> and the Niners. They're closing I mean, Great America, aren't they? Isn't that crazy? In, in, yeah, in about 10 years. It's crazy. That's so crazy. I would say in San Francisco, I mean, you could stay anywhere in the financial district and Chinatown and North Don't Beach. Don't park your car outside. Don't park your car outside. Trust me. Yeah. Don't even get a car. Yeah, don't do no. that rent you know uber it or take you could take caltrain's down yeah that's the thing though it's like 45 minutes away dude it's really not good <laughs> sorry right. gammon brown santa says cruz. uh Stay in santa cruz that's my recommendation santa cruz. yes highway 17 it is but yeah it's fun yeah take a good shot or you could do uh you could stay in half moon bay too mm -hmm. it's nice best kind of out there take a good shot not a dirty shot f clickbait true yeah yeah, agree. Um, hold on. Who did I miss? I missed uh, Corey I Soto. Corey Soto. All right, here we go. The dogmatism around pro Trey Lance or pro BP is a good demonstration of how afraid people are of uncertain situations. Human nature with lack of info. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Oh, I missed a bunch of them. Hold on. Sean O'Leary, I got you too. Sorry. Sean O'Leary says, related to getting off to a good start, conditioning, training, any sign the Niners are changing how they do things. Even away from quarterback, seems we can count on two, three missed games each year from Kittle, Debo, Williams, and others. Great question. Again, I haven't been. I've only seen rookie minicamp. So that's definitely what I'm looking for this offseason. Not just the good and the not so good of what the players are doing, but like the structure of training camp. Yeah. You know? Can I say one thing with too? Because I always pick on him. And, yeah. Uh, but I think from what I saw, Debo in, in a couple of videos, he looks like he's in shape, which is a good sign. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Sean, you said this like, an hour ago. So if, if you missed it, I'm really sorry. But thank you very much for the donation, Sean. I don't know how I missed that. But I got it. I stayed in San Jose when I went. Loved it, says Holden. That You could also stay in San Jose. A lot of people like San Jose. It's like 10 minutes away from Santa. Don't stay in Santa Clara. The team stays in Santa Clara because it's convenient. But either San Jose or San Francisco or Oakland. There's also Oakland. I live in Oakland. It's quite nice. I'd recommend it. But some people... Are just a little make, scared. Make sure you you have to ask doing. yourself, are you scared? Just make sure you know what you're doing if you're going to stay That's a good question. Oakland. Yeah, don't stay by like the Oakland airport. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> don't do that. What does being wrong even feel like? This Flave. Yeah, I could tell. Well, you. I don't know. <gasps> tell, tell us how it felt when they when they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You would probably know. Oh, oh, it hurts. Okay. So, how much different do you think the offense will look with Trey Lance this year as opposed to Brock Purdy? 
Or do you think the fact that they're that Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse going forward means that, you know, the Trey Lance offense is somewhat being muted and that he's going to be asked to compete in that in the in the Brock Purdy style of offense? No, I think if Trey Lance is the guy, Kyle's going to have specific offense for him. And we already know how it's going to look. I mean, just small sample size, right? But he Trey Lance threw under 10 yards just 50% of the time. 50% okay. of the time he's going he's going deep. Brock Purdy throws under 10 yards 70% of the time. So with Brock Purdy, you're going to have more dink and dunk, more Jimmy Garoppolo-ish offense. Trey Lance is going to take bigger shots, and he's going to run the ball. So it's pretty – No, what it is when – Brock plays just the Christian McCaffrey show. It's a handoff to Christian McCaffrey. Ah, completion to Christian McCaffrey. Ah, screen pass. Handoff to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, that's all day. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, yeah. it could it could look a lot different. And I don't know. Like that's one thing I'm curious about is is Trey Lance just naturally look deeper and yes. you know deep and back, or is Kyle Shanahan or, wanting yeah. him to do that more? Right. Like that's the thing. And yeah. that's what's a little bit. It, it's it's not really genuine to compare their completion percentage because mm. they're doing two different things on the field. You know, Trey Lance going deep a lot more than Brock Purdy or Jimmy were. I, I would also expect that Lance would throw more, or Kyle would call more passes for Lance that are like outside the outside. hashes. Yeah, outside because if you have a quarterback who you feel is erratic, who you know will be money nine times out of ten, but when he does miss, sometimes he misses by a lot, like the Randy Johnson effect. If you remember what I'm talking about, yeah, then you might be a little hesitant to call those passes over the middle because if he misses high it's pick you know if this is low it's pick so yeah. you, you, if you call those throws that go to the sideline man if if he has an erratic throw on that one he just hits a hot dog vendor he just hits yeah. a cheerleader i mean which is yeah. we got to check on them they're people too right. but it's not a turnover and i think you saw that with with uh lance you know you call a lot of deep crossing routes you call a lot of fade routes mm -hmm. and yeah. that's sort of what philly does with hurts too you don't see him throw over the middle that much and he's going to take a couple shots every game as well, like deep. More than a couple. Yeah, yeah, 30, yeah. 30 plus. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it, it's 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 a big difference. And that that's honestly why I'm like, as a fan, what that's I'm hopeful that it works out because that's the kind of offense I want to see. I want to be able to take shots two or three times a game and count on one of them being completed. Like that's what I want to see as a fan that's been missing since Jeff Garcia. Yes. Now, the one other thing I want to see with Lance is what does their offense look like in the red zone with Lance? Because the one thing I got to say about Purdy is I love the way he plays in the red zone. It's just great. Now, I don't know if he can do it forever, but the way he sort of makes plays in there, you got to give him credit for a lot of those touchdown passes. Yeah. With Lance, I don't know if he plays that way, but there must be another way that they can you know, be effective, like using him as a runner there, closer to the Goal line might be effective. Going it seems 11, like that's 11 what they there. wanted to do, though, didn't it? Didn't right. it seem like they, when they were in the red zone, it was like run Lance. Two like, years ago. Yeah. They used to bring him in for the red. Like they used to take Jimmy out and bring in Lance. Like He was right. supposed to be their red zone weapon. So I just want to see how that works. And what if they can figure that out, then the big playability plus the ability to finish drives should yeah. be very potent. Yeah. yeah. No, agreed. I agree. Yeah. You know, and that, uh, you know, shout out to Brock Purdy. He is really good at that. That's that's his no doubt. Anything Love 10 that. yards or shorter, like he's he's money. And so he had, he built a great relationship with George Kittle in the red zone. The creativity and, he has, like that's, yeah. it's almost like a trade. You don't talk about with quarterbacks, but creativity. I like yeah. that with Brock. He's got it. And honestly, it's the most important thing. So Hell yeah, Trey, Trey Lance has to yeah. develop. I mean, you got to score points, right? And Brock yeah. Purdy's good at it. So that's one thing we need to see improvement from from Trey Lance. And is it something that was just inherent that Brock Purdy always had? Maybe to a degree, but I think it's also a reflection of how much experience he has. He's been in the red zone a lot. 
He yeah. knows what it takes to score touchdowns as opposed to field goals. Like even at Iowa State, it wasn't as simple as okay, we're at the ten, we're just gonna hand off and bulldoze right. our way in. Like no, Iowa State's not scoring like that. Like he's gonna have to do something. So it's here's the NFL. The Trey's gonna have to learn that, that too. Yeah. Here's the thing that Travis needs to do, Grant. He needs to be able to master the easy things. And if you're, if you're, I don't see why anyone would be concerned about you being able to master the easy things, right? Like that's why they're called easy. They're probably especially the if you have a good coordinate, a good uh, QB coach, right? So if, if people are like, "Oh, he can't do the easy things," okay, you're worried about him not being able to do the easy things, the things that you're calling easy. Like he'll figure right. that stuff out. Right, but I mean, if you draft a quarterback who's you know the the rawest quarterback ever drafted that high, you, you should have a plan for that. You can't be surprised that he needs a little hand holding. Like, you know what's interesting is you take Brock Purdy out of the 49ers getting drafted. I think the narrative is completely different right now, right? If they, if Brock Purdy didn't turn into Brock Purdy last year, which is completely unexpected by everybody, everyone's probably all over Trey Lance. Trey Lance would be like the guy coming into this season. It's true. It'd be yeah. like, or or the Niners would have no, because Jimmy would have gotten hurt still. Yeah, Trey Lance would be the guy, pretty much. Um, Holden says, "I stay." No, we got you. It's official. Flav's my daddy. Says Flav's son. Congratulations. He's all the best. Batman lives. Says five players who definitely won't make the final squad. Definitely won't make it. Five players. Ambry. Definitely. Ambry Thomas. Ty Davis Price. Ty Davis Price. Yeah. Um, there's some. Res- you, you mean like existing players or like new players? Like there's a lot of new guys. I mean, there's nine guys, huh? Yeah. Charlie Warner. That's three. That's definite. Yeah. Charlie Warner. I can't Ross Twelly. Yeah. Ross. They might keep Ross as a fourth guy. They love Ross Twelly, and so do I. I don't know. Yeah. They've kept. They've kept four tight ends before. Because yeah. if like if they want to run like three tight end sets, then you need a backup. Otherwise, if you lose your third tight end, you can't run any of that stuff. Although they don't really do a lot of here's, that. Here's one for you, Gonzalez, the kicker. Oh, kick. good one. Kick. I like it. Holden says, I'll be at the Jags game this year. Got to meet you, G. I'll be there too. We'll talk. Justin Lomker says, here's $2. Thank you. Oh, is it possible Kyle gets his two-quarterback system? I hope not. I don't like that, personally. I really don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. Bring Just in Brock football. for the red zone? Yeah, nah. <laughs> No, I hope not. I mean, he tried it. It seemed like there was pushback when he tried it when when Jimmy, you know, Trey's first year, and, and it actually looked really good. But me personally, I'm just – that you're basically saying one of these guys can't do what the other guy can do, and I, I don't – just play. I, I wouldn't write it off. It seems like Kyle could do this. Uh, he doesn't like making big decisions at quarterback, yeah. and this could be one of his ways to just we, – not I'm not to just kind of get out of making a decision. You know what? Yeah. We're going to play both of them. We're going to play Darnold too. Everyone gets to play on this team because I can't make a decision. Corey Soto says, I think we'll see a hybrid to start. And if Lance sticks and BP is out indefinitely, they gradually fully integrate Lance-specific offense. I just don't think going heavy quarterback run early in the year helped anyone. And maybe you might want to like – look, if you're afraid of Trey Lance throwing the ball early in the year, then let him hand off. You don't need him to run. You have like eight guys who are going to get more yards per carry than him on the team right now. It's Stand if off. you if you bring in Brock Purdy to throw the ball that you're saying Trey Lance can't throw the ball, so you're yeah. wasting your time. If you don't think you're he can throw the ball, get him out of yeah. here. You know, should Trey get a hair replacement? It did looks great. No, fade. man, a fade a fade. Yeah, just get a fade. Just yeah. own it. Yeah, things I don't like for like 
uh, athletes and like famous artists. Once they get famous, when they start like getting like hair transplants or like orthodontics, are like, oh man, like I, now you're not relatable. Now you just look like every other celebrity, man. You got to keep them crooked teeth, baby. You got to keep yeah. them snaggle teeth. <laughs> Come snaggle on. Teeth. Yeah. You got to keep them. Say one thing I, you can promise for me is that I will never get famous enough to fix my teeth. I will keep these snaggle teeth for life. Now I do want to whiten them at some point because damn, but you can trust that I'm never going to do that. Yeah. I don't like the look. No. I don't know. You got to, you got to, who do you think you are? Should yeah. Trey get hair? No. no, no. Okay. Last question. You think the Niners will ever trade three first round picks for one player ever again? Yes. Yeah, I think they would. I don't think they, they learn. Off. I, I think I think if the right, yeah, they don't learn. They don't. They, say they don't learn from their mistakes. What? <laughs> Not calling Trey a mistake. But <laughs> right. damn, if the right opportunity presented itself, I, I think they would. I mean, not necessarily the right opportunity, but something they think is a right opportunity. I I don't think. Yeah. They also, it's a good double down opportunity too. It says like yeah. it's not that we did something wrong. Right. You know, we did it right. The process was money, even though the whole. NFL world is watching the Niners being like, what process did you use with Trey Lance here? What is the process again? But they're going to be like, oh, no, wait, you know, our plan was good. We didn't do anything wrong. We're right. going to do it again. I could totally see. Yeah, that's the Niners. And that's who the Niners are, essentially. They are the double-down team of the NFL. You know, right. they come close. They're going to le learn a lot. There's a lesson to be learned, and they say, not for us. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. Yeah. Moving forward, doing the same stuff. Yeah, I mean, they traded, what did they trade? Four picks for McCaffrey. Not first, but they traded four, right, for McCaffrey. So then if they see the guy they really want, they'll do it again if they need yeah. to. Hopefully they never yeah. need to, but they, they probably would. They could do it next year. They could trade three first-round picks for Kirk oh Cousins. Oh, my gosh, no. that would be horrible. Yeah, that would be horrible. You're just a Kirk Cousins hater. No. <laughs> Ethan M. says, Santa Clara has great food, and that's about it. I mean, yeah, it's got like all the chains. So it's got like Ruth's Chris. It's got well, it's got Fleming's. It's got Chick Fil A. It's got Five Guys. It's got In and Out. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you want to get like the best chains, you could go there. But like, Man, there's so much better food at smaller places and less. Yeah, it's the Bay. You don't need. Yeah, to, if, yeah. if you guys ever fly to Hawaii, don't spend all the money. Like we went to all those expensive places. Don't do that. Go to the small mom and pop place. Better Did you go food. to Benihana? No, 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 no. Uh, Kyle, please don't use Trey Lance as a running back anymore. I hope that's. I think that I have a feeling that's gonna. He's still gonna run, just not quite as much. I think. I think that's. You just got to be more strategic and and less predictable with it. Like, yeah, you want to run your quarterback who's a dual threat, but like everyone saw it coming. Right got to be a little bit better and you got to protect them a little bit better eagles can do it yeah. yeah choose your moments get a little bit more out of it um mr bell says trey needs the rick ross look what is the rick ross look i don't know big beard bald. just bald 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 oh. yeah it's completely skin bald yeah i mean he could do whatever look you i don't really care about his look at this point yeah me neither. he needs to like play better you know one <laughs> thing i will give him credit for though like that I kind of didn't rub me the wrong way about him, but made me feel like he wasn't quite mature enough to do what he needed to do. All this Instagram posting in the past couple of years, you know, it made me feel like, dude, like, yeah, your DMs are blowing up with a bunch of good looking women because you're the quarterback of the Niners and you're a good looking guy. But like, dude, like, you got to focus, man. And this year it feels like he's super focused. You don't see him posting like he, he posts. He, he went to his trip in Hawaii, which is cool. 
But essentially, he's not a big social media guy this offseason, which I think is a good thing. I think it's a good thing. A lot of his social media posts are like him in a a new outfit looking at his phone. Like, dude, you're not a male model. Stop. Stop with that stuff. One thing about Trey that I got to give him credit for is he has received a shit ton of hate, and he's never once, like, addressed it ever. Nope. He's been above it the entire time. Yeah. Everyone telling him what to do or what to do differently or why he's not good enough or this and that. And he's like, man, I'm sitting on start five. Would you chill? Yeah. 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 Hawaii food truck says Mr. Bell. I haven't been to Hawaii since 2002. (sighs) Hawaii food truck, man. (laughs) Garlic shrimp, boy. Nothing better than that. Garlic shrimp? Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's the show. That's it. The whole whole show and nothing but the show. Yeah, a long one. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, what you got plan. going on the rest of the day? Uh, just, you know, grinding, doing real estate. Um, make sure if you guys please come subscribe to the channel. That would be much appreciated. I'm trying to get a 5K before the season starts. I need your help. Yeah, go subscribe to Ryan's channel. Um, what I want to say? Oh, Larry is off today. He's working on the radio, so I'll catch up with him tomorrow. But I have like a guest, a, a special guest today at 5 o'clock, Jason Hurley. If you're if you know Niners Twitter at all, he's the cap guru. Yeah. So um, we're gonna be asking him. I have like five or six questions, burning questions about because I don't understand how the freaking cap works. I haven't taken math since 2006, and I wasn't even that good at math in 2006. Yeah. So we're gonna be asking him, and then any questions you guys have, feel free as well. Hurley knows his stuff, man. Yep. Gaiman Brown says, "What happens if Bosa Ward go down with an injury? How insulated against injuries is the D line and secondary? How many games with will Eric and Trent play?" Uh, if Bosa goes down, I don't know. Salah had a top five defense without Bosa in 2020, so we'll see what Wilkes can do. There's a lot of talent in this team. Yeah. But they don't have Verrett. Um, yeah, Eric tough. and Trent. Trent, I would put the over under at I say 14 and a half. Yeah, 15 and a half. Yeah, yeah, 15 would be the guess. And then Armstead, ah, to get, I feel like what happened with Armstead was he got hurt in camp and never really – rounded into shape until training camp also yeah. i kind of part of me feels like he kind of load manages at this point in his career like he's gonna ball out in the pre the postseason when he gets there but any given week i don't you know he could just totally disappear i think he's a load manager eric is one guy that i'm really hoping has a good season because it's been a little bit disappointing especially for what they're paying him and if he has another season like he did last year this year i don't know if how long he's gonna be around my take on Eric is that he can be the most dominant player on the field when he wants to be. And I think he wants to be three, four times a year. And he wants to be in the playoffs. And he's had some dominant performances in the playoffs. But there's too many times where you have a week and you're like, wait, did Armstead do anything today? And you look at the, at the box score and you're like, no, he didn't do anything. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Which is crazy because you know he has it in him. And like Buckner to me was just a machine and a model of consistency. Like he yeah. had the same game every week. Every freaking mm-hmm. week at the same game. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Hoping Thanks for week. watching the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh I'll be back tonight. Uh go subscribe to Ryan Reichner. See you later.